We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner Impossible. Coming up, the latest episode of the KCSN Draft Show. What's going on, Chiefs Kingdom? We are almost there. The NFL Draft is just a week away, and we have got some news, I guess, air quote news, uh, that's come down here on Wednesday regarding the Kansas City Chiefs. couple of prospects, Broderick Jones, one of the top offensive tackles in this draft, taking a visit to the Kansas City Chiefs, and then reports from ESPN's Adam Schefter saying that Boston College wide receiver Zay Flowers is actually down in Texas, with Patrick Mahomes and the rest of the Chiefs players doing a workout as per request of the team. And so to help us break down what this means and what anything that we hear in the media means a week before the NFL draft is going to be Mr. Matty Lane, one-third of the KC Laboratory, and Mr. Tucker Franklin. Matty, we'll start with you. Uh, let's start with the Broderick Jones visit news first. Let's start there. Uh, so I think there's going to be less to unpack. We'll save the Zay Flower stuff for the second part of this show. But Roderick Jones, are you surprised that the Chiefs are using a, a top 30 visit on a player that, at least from the mocks that I've seen, I know this is the world that you're living in, but would not be available to the Chiefs unless they were planning on moving up, right? Yeah, I think for both of these, but especially Broderick Jones, you'd have to anticipate for the Chiefs to have a chance to draft him, it would be in a trade-up and not just a couple spots. Right? You're not talking moving up to 26 or 27. It's You're going to have to take a substantial jump up, you would assume, to land a player like Broderick Jones. And so it is interesting, especially being the last, the final day that you can have top 30 visits, the Chiefs were able to get this in, get this approved, and get him on his way to Kansas City in the final day. I, I don't know a lot of what it means. I think right now the NFL's kind of set it, decided that there's four tackles. You know, you've got Parrish, uh, Parrish Johnson Jr., Peter Skaronsky, and then Darnell Wright, I think, has kind of crept up in there with Broderick Jones to be the top four. I think the general consensus was Darnell Wright was the fourth guy, and maybe he's the guy that would slide a little bit more. Maybe that's not the case. The Chiefs have already met with Darnell Wright and Anton Harrison, who I didn't mention yet, and now they're bringing in Broderick Jones. You just start to wonder... Maybe they're running scenarios. Maybe they're hearing stuff where he falls a little bit farther than we think, and they want to be ready. Kind of like last year, I think we all remember, they traded up to take Trent McDuffie, and Brett Veach sat there and said, hey, we didn't plan on this at all. It just kind of happened. So yeah. maybe they're just trying to make sure they're ready for any possible scenario that'll come out, and this is something they're hearing lately. 
It's a very responsible thing to do, right, by by Brett Veach and company uh, to do their homework on all these guys kind of in that area. When I was looking up kind of both with uh, Broderick Jones and Zay Flowers, they're in kind of that same pick range. So uh, I put my Tim Foyle hat on when I was doing this. It's like maybe the Chiefs are thinking about moving up in that pick range if these are a couple of guys that they're visiting that they're having conversations to and, and trying to get all the intel that they can uh, on about. But Broderick Jones, you know, a tackle who was mocked, I think, early to the Kansas City Chiefs, but did see his stock climb. And uh, whether there is a run on tackles, that could be a playing impact on uh, where he comes. But, you know, Maddie, you guys in the draft guide have him as your number one rated offensive tackle. Um, so that would be a big gift for the Kansas City Chiefs, a big gift for the draft guide. Um, you know, one of, I believe Kent Swanson tweeted this out. You'll find him follow on Twitter at Kent underscore Swanson, one of 15 first round draft grades, um, in, in the, uh, draft guide. So, uh, would not be a bad football player to have in Kansas City if the Chiefs, uh, if they do fall to him or if the Chiefs even move up to get him. Yeah. Let's, let's hang here a bit and talk about Broderick Jones as a player. Uh, so we just talked about the fact that he's visiting the Chiefs. Uh, Tucker, you've heard me say this, uh, Matt, I don't know if you've heard me say this, but one of my most favorite players to watch, at least the highlights of Roger Jones highlights are fun. Uh, he gets to the second level. He gets out in space. He is looking for little guys, uh, as the, <laughs> Nick Leckie, uh, affectionately calls defensive backs, uh, with bad intentions. Uh, when he gets out there, he's a fun player to watch. I enjoy putting his highlight package together. Matty, as a player from a skill set standpoint, what's the fit look like if Broderick Jones, however it would happen, ended up in Kansas City? How how good of a scenario would that be for the Chiefs? So he's a little a little bit tricky because when you look at him, so I agree with everything you just said. He's been my offensive tackle one since the middle of the year for that athleticism. Like I think there's some technical work that has to be worked on with him, and that's what happens when you're a one year and two game starter at left tackle, especially playing in the SEC. But I think everything you see is just a technique uh, flaw or technique issue, and that's all fixable. There's no athletic, there's no movement limitations from him. So I love him for that reason. And as far as like the fit with the Chiefs. He's hard because he's one of the rare people in all of football that was bigger at the NFL Combine than he was listed at Georgia. So at Georgia, he was like 300 pounds and six foot four. He came in over six foot five, 311 pounds. He kind of has this weird basketball player build. So you think he's got a, a little bit smaller of a waist. You don't think he's that long, but then he came in with almost 35 inch arms. So from a profile standpoint, he's exactly what the Chiefs kind of look for in their offensive tackles. He fits the Andy Reid, the Andy Heck physical profile. And I think that took some people by surprise because he doesn't always look that big on tape. And then you add in the athleticism, the ability to get in space, the the ceiling as a pass protector. I, he Right now, he's a medium fit in the KCESN draft guide, but I think that's because a lot of that was done before the combine came out and he hit all those thresholds that the Andes likes. So like at this point, you'd have to call him a high fit based on his height, weight, and his arm length, and then the athleticism overall. He is an incredibly fun player to watch, BJ. I know that I say that a lot when we're cutting these highlights, but that that goes into it a lot is like uh, how fun they are as a football player. A guy who played at Georgia, a team that, you know, pretty good football team, uh, and they've got a, a pretty good sol- solid offense there. So uh, a guy that was able to to make a name for himself in the, in that offense in a very uh, high-profile way. Uh, Broderick Jones was one of those guys that we talked about earlier, BJ. I believe we were at the Combine when that Mel Kuyper's first uh, mock draft came out. And it did have Broderick Jones there that we were like, yeah, that that'd be pretty cool. Like we would like that. We'd be we'd be fans of that. That was even maybe just been after Andrew Wiley had uh had signed elsewhere. But there there's an opportunity there. There's a an area to address it. 
Uh, Maddie, I kind of want to ask you a question about this. This is kind of what I've been thinking about. With Broderick Jones, do you think he's worth the trade-up, right? Do you think if you're trading up for an offensive tackle, is this the guy that you're going to want to trade up for in that kind of 16 to 25-ish range? Oh, for me, absolutely. Um, like I said, he's my offensive, he's my top offensive tackle in this class. It's close, but he's the top guy because that ceiling, because that potential is going to be there. So if you're the Chiefs and you're picking at 31, especially the draft class, that isn't the strongest. Like this isn't the strongest draft class we've had the past couple seasons. So you see someone like Broderick Jones falling and you get to that 20, the late teens, maybe even at 20 with Seattle, a team that often likes to trade back and he's still there. Yeah, explore that trade. Go up there and get him because now, Jawan Taylor has been mentioned that he could play left tackle for the Chiefs, but Andy Reid was pretty clear. If we draft a left tackle, he can still play on the right side. And now all of a sudden you have both bookend tackles, you know, kind of set in stone for the next three to four years. One of those guys just turned 21 in May. You have a couple seasons where you can develop him before he has to be the guy. You get to develop him next to Joe Tooney. We always talk about it, but you want to say there's technical flaws with a tackle. Where can we best help him? You play him next to Joe Tooney. He gets a year or two there. So, yeah, I think it's definitely a move worth taking. And everyone's going to go back. If Chiefs fans gave Eric Fisher a lot of, a lot, they gave him a lot of gruff for not always being the perfect player. But the one thing that everybody agreed on down the stretch was how good he was out in space, how athletic he was, how much work yeah. he could do in the game. Roderick Jones might be a better athlete on the field than Eric Fisher was. I mean, especially towards the end of his tenure, because he's just, he's that good of an athlete. You watch him in that TCU game. Uh, he's out there, he's pulling. I mean, they're pulling on the outside, and these littles, as uh, we like to call them now, are just getting run down with no chance. It's like watching, you know, one of those, like, African safari documentaries where you just have all of the all the predators out there chasing these poor little antelope because they have no chance to get away. So I, I don't know. I would love the trade-off. This would probably be, like, my favorite pick the Chiefs could possibly make. I'm, I'm actually there with you, Matty. For talking about an offensive tackle and moving up and giving up assets to move up for a non-skill position player, uh, from watching the tape, just like I said, I go back to the highlights. They're a lot of fun to watch. But I want to ask you this, Maddie, because I know it's a moving right to left, and you know the conversation with Jawan Taylor. They sign him, make him the high-paid right tackle. He wants to play left tackle. At what point, if in a best-case scenario, instead of signing a right tackle and having to play left tackle and drafting a left tackle and then telling him to play right tackle, could they just put these guys back? If you were a coach from a schematic standpoint. Do you think it would be easier for Andy Heck rather than teaching two tackles to do things opposite of what they've been doing the last few years makes more sense than sticking him there? Because when I had this conversation before, the contract for Juwan Taylor was brought up and whatever promises were made to him to play a certain position. But from a Patrick Mahomes offensive, what can the Chiefs offense do to function the best? How do you see something like that playing out if they draft a kid that has been a left tackle and then tell him to play right side and same thing with the guy you just signed? I I honestly think if they drafted uh, a Broderick Jones, some of the other guys are a little different because they have played on the right side. I don't think Broderick Jones has. So obviously their workouts with him, what they've seen from him would dictate the final say in all this. But it, the easiest thing would do is just to put him on the left side and Juwan Taylor back to the right and not right. have to do all that, right? Like that's that's the yeah. simplest answer. And I think that's the route they would go. However, if they did want to, you made this contract, you want to make sure you're paying, for some reason, you want to make sure you're paying your left tackle the money and not your right tackle. The semantics are going to matter for that. I at least think you have two very high-level athletes at the position, and I think that makes it a lot easier to switch positions. It doesn't make it a guarantee. We saw Orlando Brown Jr., who isn't the most nimble athlete, switch positions just fine. But I think given these two guys are both very explosive, very athletic with good footwork, I think they could figure it out. I just... 
I think if they took up Roderick Jones or even a Paris Johnson magically fell, I think those guys would play left and Juwan Taylor would go back to right. And you're not worried about the money because you're still only paying one of them. It's not like you also right. signed the left tackle. You're not paying two left tackle contracts, I guess, would be the, the saving grace there. Kind of interesting, too, if you talk about the Chiefs do moving up to pick Broderick Jones, it's a clear shift in kind of, I don't want to say philosophy, a clear shift of styles of how their tackles were. You go to a couple of athletic guys out there on the tackle to kind of keep up with Patrick Mahomes. I think that's probably the best way to do it. A couple guys who are very good athletes, Matty, as you mentioned with Broderick, and, you know, everyone saw the Juwan Taylor video after he signed with the, with the Chiefs of him <laughs> running around doing, doing some crazy uh, athletic stuff, and uh, very excited. I mean, I- I'm curious to why they waited so long to bring him in, right? Like, if you had an idea of, like, this is a guy that you'd like to like to see, why wait till the first day? Obviously, you know, other teams uh, have to do with that. But, uh, yeah, no, lots of lots of interesting stuff there with Broderick coming to Kansas City. All right. Well, we know it got reported. The top visit, top 30 visits get reported like crazy. Uh, you see it all over. Adam Adam Schefter, he rapport, they're tweeting all these things out about where guys are going. Never really trust anything you hear a week before the draft, but Something came out earlier today from Adam Schefter regarding Zay Flowers. We teased at the top of the show. We're about to break it down. But is what we're going to discuss is, is this something, is this real? Why did this get released? And what Zay Flowers working out with Patrick Mahomes and company could mean? We're going to talk about that right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Kansas City, the wait is almost over. The NFL draft is nearly here, and what a time it is for the city of Kansas City. Just winning the Super Bowl thanks to Andy Reid and company, and now they're hosting the 2023 NFL draft. It's an incredible time to be in Kansas City and to be a Kansas City sports fan. But regardless of who you root for, there's only one selection that every single football fan can share, and that's an ice-cold Miller Lite. The players change, the coaches change, the rules change, but Miller Lite is still the perfect beer for draft time, game time, and everything in between. 
when I want a beer with some flavor, I go in, I grab a Miller Lite. If I'm hanging out with the boys, if I'm watching some football, watching some baseball, watching anything, I'm grabbing a Miller Lite. Until kickoff comes around again, you can enjoy the beer that tastes like the season, Miller Lite. Great taste, only 96 calories. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com KCSN, or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Now let's get back to the show. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Welcome back to the KCSN Draft Show. BJ Kissel hanging out with Tucker Franklin and Maddie Lane. Just got done talking about Broderick Jones, the Georgia left tackle, uh, who reportedly is taking a top 30 visit to the Kansas City Chiefs here right a week before the NFL draft. And guys, talked about it a second ago, but the fact that Zay Flowers, player that we've all been high on since we had a chance to sit down and talk with him out at the East-West Shrine Bowl out in Las Vegas uh, back in January. But guys, the fact that he is hanging out with Patrick Mahomes, we saw the pictures yesterday on social media of TCU wide receiver Quentin Johnson being there for the workouts, which makes sense. The workouts were at TCU, so that not a huge surprise. But then Adam Schefter coming out and reporting, this is what he tweeted out, Boston College wide receiver Zay Flowers, Mel Kuyper's number 10 overall prospect, is in Texas today to work out with Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes at the request of the team per source. Flowers believed his pre-draft process was over after visiting the Titans on Tuesday until the Chiefs called. Tucker, there are so many different ways to pick this thing apart. And the why did this get put out there is the first one. Uh, right. Let's get to that in the second part because that's the not the fun part. The fact is, I've said from the beginning that from the first receiver that we watched, Zay Flowers and Patrick Mahomes working together it would be a very, very good fit. Could see him having a lot of success in this offense. And yep. this only throws gas on the fire to hear that there's some sort of interest uh, in those guys getting out on the field together. And I'm sure Patrick Mahomes will report back what he heard or what he saw. From Zay Flowers during these workouts. You have to think that Pat's going to be on it. And that if Pat likes a guy. We've already known that he was high on Clyde Edwards Alaire. And he came back and told him that he wanted to take that guy. Uh, this is huge. I, I think it's I think it's a. It's not nothing I should say right. I mean going to to, to work out with Patrick Mahomes. Is uh, the little Texas camp that he has. Has turned into a thing. And I'm sure they can sell tickets to it now. And raise a whole lot of money for a, a, a cause. of For 15 in the Mahomes if they really wanted to. Because. It seems like a, a club of who's who's at this point and what the Chiefs can do uh, with it. But I immediately got excited. I think I saw the notification come across my phone and thought, that's incredibly interesting. I'd love to see uh, just the workouts of those guys working together and that connection that they can make. Zay's a very explosive mover, a guy that moves very differently than a lot of guys do. Um, and with the Chiefs needing a wide receiver, it's also kind of stirs the pot a little bit of, okay, the Chiefs looking up to to trade up for a wide receiver. We talked about trading up for Broderick Jones, but maybe it's a skill position. Again, they're doing stuff a, a week before the draft to kind of uh, a lot of smoke. Who knows where the flames actually are, but a very interesting thing uh, to just see him down there in Texas with Patrick Mahomes with all those wide receivers going on. Travis Kelsey down there as well to get kind of start to gain some chemistry on a guy that doesn't even know where he's going to be playing next year. I think that's incredibly interesting. Well, and what's funny to me is you kind of touched on it a little bit at the end of the broader Jones segment is why did it kind of happen this late in the process? And same thing here. If there was an interest in Zay Flowers, why is it so late in the process? Well, 
my general understanding, and I don't know exactly how the Chiefs do it, but most teams, they have all their scouts doing the scout stuff. Coaches don't get involved until a little bit later. And then now here, as you're a week, two weeks out from the draft, they're all sitting in a boardroom. One room, not a boardroom, just a big old room or small room. And they're trying to run scenarios and seeing who might be available. How are we going to organize these guys into buckets so we can determine who we want to take in all these scenarios? Well, I just wonder if we're sitting here a week out, there may be four or five days into these scenarios all of a sudden they've come across these situations where a Broderick Jones might fall because the offensive tackle run starts a little later because there's a lot of hype surrounding Darnell Wright. Or in Zay Flowers' case, maybe the wide receiver run starts a little bit later. You know, he would be an outlier for a first-round wide receiver. Craig Stout has talked about that on the KCS and Laboratory, or the KC Laboratory. Guys with his short of arms that don't run a blazing bass 40 and at his weight don't go in the first rounds. Like, there actually has not been a guy that has done that with his dimensions plus his speed going in the first round. That's just not been a thing, so maybe they might see a way that he slides down the board a little bit. It's the last day to do visit type things, and they're sliding them here at the end. But as far as the actual fit of Zay Flowers and the Chiefs, makes a lot of sense, right? Like, he can he fits in with what Andy... The, you close your eyes and picture what an Andy Reid wide receiver has been in Kansas City. Zay Flowers is like the guy that most mimics that. There's dynamic ability. There's yards after the catch. He can do a little bit of everything. I do wonder if you're butting in a little bit onto the same areas that Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony would technically be operating in. It's a yeah. lot of guys that seem like they have a similar skill set, but talented football players, right? You can't be mad about talented football players, especially at a position where the Chiefs don't have probably a full wide receiver room at this point in time. The part that is interesting to me, uh, and I think we've all talked about Zay Flowers on this, you know, this show enough. You can go check out the interview we did with him. Um, you know, out at the East West Shrine Bowl, we have highlights of him. We've talked about him consistently uh, going back to January when we started the the KCSN Draft Show podcast. The the part that's interesting to me is why did Adam Schefter, how did he get this news and how did this get reported? I mean, the Quentin Johnson stuff came because we saw a picture and everyone figured out who it was, but then you make the connection that always at TCU, this makes sense. Zay Flowers got flown in to do this workout. Was it the agent? And do the Chiefs want that kind of information out there? And I just assume anytime this stuff happens that Andy Reid's playing 40 chess and he's got like all these wide receivers working out and trying to sneak in the Broderick Jones visit because that that they maybe they want to tackle and they want all these other guys to go ahead or they just want everyone, the NFL to know like Zay Flowers' floor is 31. Like I just, that's the part of it that you get a week before the draft. It's like what can you trust that's coming out and why are things getting put out there? I could see why Zay Flowers' representation, his agents would want him to know, like, hey, this is going to be a first-round pick. Chiefs just flew him in for a visit. I just wonder how the Chiefs feel about that kind of news and that kind of information, real information, uh, being put out there. Because, to Tucker, to your point, it is something uh, that they're doing, and there's a reason they're doing it. They must like him. Uh, but the fact that it now the entire football-watching world knows that Zay Flowers is uh, working out with Patrick Mahomes, uh, not a huge secret there anymore. No, and again, this kind of goes back to my thoughts about trading up. Kind of the same range, as I mentioned with Broderick Jones, Zay Flowers has been mentioned, and I've seen mocks as high as 14 to the Patriots, and, and the, that high, the late, or the early 20 rounds, I should say, is kind of like the furthest he's been. He's going to go in that teens range. Um, so that makes me wonder, what are the Chiefs going to be willing to give up, to get up to that level, to get, to get uh, Zay Flowers? And does this mean that the Chiefs are really looking into moving up? Is that That's another thing that I thought about. Two guys in the same kind of pick range, do they think they're either falling, A, they could think that, or B, maybe they're doing their homework on if they do want to move up on a couple of guys that they have in that ballpark. 
that they know if they get up. But they're obviously not going to move up unless the guy they once there, i.e. Trent McDuffie last year. Um, but it's it's one of those things where I think they're doing some homework on if they do have the opportunity to get either one of the one of these guys that are that are going to be there. I think they're gonna they're gonna do what they can to move up. Well, and I think it's also interesting in that same tweet from Schefter. I mean, we, this is already known before, but he's coming off of a visit with the Tennessee Titans and the Titans yep. right now who are picking as eleven, I believe. Yep. Um, so he technically his ceiling, the earliest year you would expect right now that you could reasonably expect would be 11. Now, maybe this is a trade back. Maybe it's a second round kind of thing for the Titans. There's no guarantee they'd be targeting that early, but it seems also reasonable given what you're saying, Tucker, about where we're routinely hearing his name talked about, where you look at his odds just in terms of his betting odds, according to Vegas, doesn't know everything, but there's not, it's not like he's a strong underdog to not go in the first round or be the first wide receiver taken. So like, now, all of a sudden, we have this wide receiver that could go anywhere from 11 on in the draft, and the Chiefs picking at 31, 21 picks later, are trying to find a way to make sure he can go down there and work out their quarterback at their request. But, you know, however that played out, it was at their request. So just, it's an interesting situation, especially the day after you see Quentin Johnston there doing it, and that just kind of slides out in the picture. Yeah, it makes sense. They're at TCU and Fort Worth there. He's just happens to be around. He comes to work out because, but... I don't know. It's just it's an interesting situation to follow because now all of a sudden you have big public news. I mean, Broderick Jones news was also announced, I believe, by I forget who, but it was announced like public. This wasn't like one where he posted a picture on Instagram at the KC, you know, KCI's <laughs> airport or anything like that. It was announced. So they're announcing all these players that they would presumably have to trade up for. And to BJ's point, that doesn't accidentally get out. There's a reason that those kind of things are out there one way or the other, whether it's from the player side or the chief side, you don't know but it's getting out there for a reason. So it's just going to be interesting to follow. It was Ian Rappaport who put out the Broderick Jones news. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maddie, ask you, because you talked about with Broderick Jones, if Zay Flowers was the pick for the Chiefs and they had to move up, how would you feel? I know there's a lot of it. It depends who's on the board. depends what happens with receivers early, with tackles, any other guys that you like. But just in general, if the Chiefs were to move up and end up with Zay Jones for all the points, uh, or excuse me, Zay Flowers, what, how would you feel about that kind of with the information that you've been given right now and the fact that you just mentioned Craig's research and that nobody with his size and measurables and speed has been drafted in the first round before? Yeah, I think it would probably depend on how far up they're going, right? Uh, like to, to Tucker's point, saying like trading up into the teens would probably require, I mean, you're spending a, a first, a second, or a third, probably some future capital of the same amount, the same amount. Like last year, the Chiefs went from, what, 29 to 20 and gave up a first, second, first, third, and fourth. So we're giving up more than that because you're taking a bigger jump. Like, it's it's hard to swallow that pill on a guy that would be one of the biggest outliers. So I got a position. I love Zay Flowers. I think he would fit in great, but that's a big outlier. You're taking a big swing there. So it would be something that you just, it'd be a little, not concerning, but like, I'd be a little weary. I wouldn't love it as much as Broderick Jones. Now, if we're talking the dip, that or moving up the pick, what the Ravens are at 22. So the Ravens at 22, trying to recoup some extra picks. I think they only have five. You move up to 22, only spend a pick or two. Then I feel a lot better. I feel a lot better about bringing Zay Flowers. And so it really depends on the price. There's four wide receivers in this class, I think, that are worthy of going in round one. And every single team could any, have any one of these four wide receivers first. If the Chiefs have Zay Flowers as their number one wide receiver with a bullet and they want to make sure they get him, it's hard to be too mad from my perspective where I sit looking at the rest of the wide receiver room. Yeah, uh, that's kind of the biggest thing that I, I had when I started thinking about moving up for Broderick Jones. Like, there's issues 
for the for the Chiefs uh, in the wide receiver room. There's issues. Obviously, the right tackle is probably not as big of an issue as as the uh, the wide receiver room is. But moving up for uh, for a tackle might not settle as well uh, for me because you're looking at an area of for wide receiver. It might, might not be a big concern, but it's still it's they still lost a lot last year. They're still trying to recoup what they've got, and they need to recoup uh, some yards there as well. So. I, I like the move up for Zay Flowers if he is there to, at a reasonable spot for him. I mean, they've probably got to give up their, this year's first and they've a second uh, round pick for maybe this year and next year uh, to get up to where they want to be. So be curious to see what that compensation ends up looking like. You can obviously get the KCSN draft guide. They've got the trade chart in there. You can go uh, mop it out, map it out in there and tweet out all your conspiracy theories at KC Sports Network. Uh, and make sure that you we see all of your your uh, your trades that you want to run with uh, for Zay Flowers. But either one of these guys, be super stoked to see him in Kansas City. The Zay Flowers news is very interesting, especially not sure the le- le- the legalities of it, right? Of uh, the flight uh, getting him down there on request of the team. I don't know if it's like an official visit or whatever it is, but he's there with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, would have paid. I, th- I think there'd been a lot of Chiefs fans that would have paid to see uh, what was going down there in in Texas. <laughs> Yeah, I we're let's wrap this show up. I have one final question. Just uh, pinning these these two pieces of news together, and which one got you most excited uh, between the Broderick Jones visit and the Zay Flowers going and working out with Patrick Holmes? And guys, if you would have asked me before I watched Broderick Jones, and just assuming that I wouldn't have enjoyed watching any tackle, I would have hundred percent said Zay Flowers because I love watching his tape. We talked about all the reasons that I think he could be successful in this offense uh, with Patrick Holmes, Andy Reid, and company. Uh, but is Broderick Jones like of these two things? Though Broderick Jones, the chance to get what in the KCS draft guide is the number one offensive tackle uh, coming off a season, and and we have to make sure we're very respectful about the way that we talk about Orlando Brown Jr. and especially Andrew Wiley, uh, the way that he played down the stretch. Uh, but on this network and all Chief entire Chiefs content team um, across the board spent a lot of time during the regular season talking about how many pressures the tackles were giving up and where they struggled it that way. And then to go into an off season where they signed Juwan Taylor and they could potentially get another top offensive tackle. We've seen this with Brett Veach and Andy Reid over the past several years, come off the Tampa Bay Super Bowl loss, completely revamped the offensive line in one off season. The defensive backfield gets completely revamped. And now it could be the two tackle positions, which is another area we've been talking about all year, gets completely revamped in a very impactful way in one offseason. If there's ever a time where go get the offensive tackle, don't have to go get the the cool playmaker guy, go get Broderick Jones, go figure out and solidify the offensive line, or Anton Harrison, some of those other guys that, that can fit there. Um, but, Maddie, let's go with you. Of the two pieces of news that came out, which one excites you the most as to what could eventually happen uh, this time, well, eight days from now uh, when the first round of the draft gets here? Uh, I'm with you. It'd be broader, Jones. I know it's really easy to fall for the dynamic, the explosive wide receiver, because he's the guy that traditionally when you watch a football game is going to be a little bit more exciting. And it's not that it wouldn't be exciting, but Broderick Jones just kind of has, to your point, the highlights and the high-end play that is very rare for an offensive tackle. He's the kind of offensive tackle, even if he doesn't live up to 100% the ceiling, but the highlight plays you're going to get, the fun you're going to get out of that is so high up there, and I think there's so much potential left in his ceiling. He's a young guy. I don't know if I think necessarily offensive tackle is a bigger need than wide receiver, but it's still right there with it. So I I would lean towards Broderick Jones, higher grade, 
equally as fun player and compared to other guys at his position, he's the type of player at that position that I always gravitate towards. So I, Roger Jones getting my offensive tackle one this year would be, and it's some kind of trade up that probably isn't much higher than 20, 19, 18, something like that would be, it would be a phenomenal choice. So that'd be like the, the best, uh, that'd be, that'd put me up higher than what I think the Trent McDuffie trade up pick would have been last year. Thinking about it now, uh, you know, Zay Flowers news probably caught my interest more in the moment, but the more you think about just the totality of, of what the Broderick Jones would do for the Chiefs, it would be pretty good. Zay Flowers, Matty, as you mentioned, does kind of have some overlap stylistically with some of the receivers the Chiefs already have on their roster. Now, getting another guy in there wouldn't necessarily be the end of the world, especially a guy with the talent that Zay Flowers has. But I feel like Broderick Jones solves the offensive line a little bit more than Zay Flowers solves the wide receiver position. Um, so seeing how that will all work out, I think that uh, I'd be excited, honestly. I want to see the Chiefs move up. I think I'm in that camp now. I think I'm firmly in the camp of I want to see the Chiefs move up and draft somebody because uh, you're not going to get any like blue chip guys at 31 or 32, whatever year you're going to be drafting in this, uh, when you win the Super Bowl. But you're not going to get very many blue chip guys back there. I want to see him move up and get somebody who can make a make a quick impact on the field. Good stuff. We appreciate everybody for hanging out with this episode of the KCSN Draft Show. And if you'll be in Kansas City for the NFL Draft while you're hanging out at Union Station and down where the NFL is activating a lot of cool stuff, just special for anybody that wants to come in and be a part of that. But we will be at PNL hanging out on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and up at Holiday Distillery in Weston for a recap party, a draft finale party on Sunday from noon to four. So come hang out with us. If you're in the area, you can check out our social media channels, get information for all of that, but appreciate everybody for hanging out with us. We'll have plenty more content, getting you ready for the NFL draft next week. Appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to KC sports network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review. If you like what you heard and think others would as well, you can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.